It's Joe Benito and Evan Roberts on The Fan. Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe, on WFAN Sports Radio. If you want to be in the New York, no, gotta go to Joe and Evan, Evan and Joe. 66 on your AM dial, 101.9 FM, Joe and Hi there, everybody. Good afternoon. Beningo and Roberts here in the afternoon. Joe will be here. He'll be here in a little bit. He's dealing with a little medical thing, and then he'll be here, and we'll do a radio show. We're here till 625 tonight. The Yankees are going to wrap up their two-game series against the Atlanta Braves. We are broadcasting live from the Town Fair Tire studio, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. I'm not complaining about what I'm going to say right now. I'm just explaining how bizarre it is. And you heard Bob allude to it before during the update. So last night in the NHL, what a wacky sports night we had. But last night in the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets played a six-hour, five-overtime game. An absolute classic. Especially if you don't really care who wins. Obviously, if you're a Lightning fan, you're a Blue Jacket fan, your stomach is in complete knots. But the game takes forever, and because we're living in the bubble universe... They couldn't play the next game, which was supposed to be Boston against Carolina, so they moved it to this morning. So if you're a big hockey junkie, you had 11 a.m. playoff hockey. Crazy. Well, guess what? That game's in overtime. And that game is supposed to come ahead of game one between your New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. That's scheduled to start in less than an hour. And who the heck knows when that's going to start? It's crazy. And think about it. Forget about the Islanders for a second and when this game will start. By the way, the Islanders are going to get the primetime. There's going to be a six-overtime playoff game that's going to push their start time to actual primetime as opposed to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But think about it if you're a player on the Boston Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes. You are preparing for a postseason game. You're mentally ready for a postseason game on a Tuesday night, and because the game before you takes forever, like we're in Little League, it gets pushed back to the next day. But I guess amongst all the craziness in the world in 2020, in this country in 2020, and in sports in 2020, it's to be expected. What was not crazy last night is how the New York baseball teams did. We'll start with the Yankees. I'll get to the Mets. We'll get to your phone calls. We will talk to the Met manager, Luis Rojas, at 3. We'll talk college football a little bit later on. I mentioned Joe will join the show soon. First with the Yankees. Uh, Gary Sanchez, and this happens in New York sports, when a guy is under the microscope and a guy is slumping and a guy is ridiculed by every other caller on Sports Talk Radio, they are under that microscope on a day-to-day basis. So last night, I am sure there were many Yankee fans. Ernie Acosta, who's back, was not one of them because he's a Gary Sanchez fan. He actually defends the guy. Was probably looking at every at-bat he had, every ball in the dirt, one which was a wild pitch in which fundamentally he did everything correct. The ball got away from him. And then obviously the pass ball later. And you are examining everything Gary Sanchez did. And this is going to sound like I'm Ernie right now. This is going to sound like I'm a Gary Sanchez defender, which sometimes I am. But I got to tell you, that was a quality 0 for 4 last night. (laughs) And I'm not saying that as a joke. I mean, he did have an 11-pitch at-bat 
in which he scorches the ball off Tuki Toussaint. And then unluckily for him, it rolls to the third baseman, Austin Riley, who makes a halfway decent play. And then a few innings later, I think it was in the sixth inning, he had a 10-pitch at-bat, which unfortunately ended with a strikeout. And even in his last at-bat, he had a seven-pitch at-bat. I can't defend the pass ball, which again happened without him out of Eno on their mound. Remember, that happened on Friday night, actually cost him a game. It just flat out went off of his glove. But I think what's got to be frustrating for Gary, and also Glaber, because I want to get to him too, is that time is not on your side anymore. When you're in a batting slump like this, and Sanchez is not the only guy in baseball. Same thing with Glaber Torres. It's the opposite of Charlie Blackman. You know, if you're paying attention to baseball outside of New York, Charlie Blackman's off to this ridiculous start. I think he's hitting 500. Charlie, in a short season, has gotten off to such a good start that even if he goes through a massive batting slump, he's going to put up pretty good numbers for the year. And it's the opposite when you get off to a slump like this. And I'm not sure if everybody thinks this way, if every player thinks this way, but you do wonder if that does get into your head. You know what you're batting. And one thing I've learned about from baseball players, they know their stats. They know their stats a hell of a lot more than maybe they're going to let on. And sure, we're in a season in which stats aren't normal, but batting averages and OPSs can be normal. They can be somewhat normal. And you wonder if you start to press when that happens. Because Glaber Torres had a mixed day, too. He did draw two walks in the fifth and seventh inning with quality at-bats. But him and DJ LeMayu had some odd communication at shortstop and second base last night. And that does lead in to what I thought was the biggest positive of the night last night. And that was Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery threw a hell of a game. And he overcame mistakes that weren't necessarily his own doing. In the third inning after he walks Tyler Flowers, which is his own doing, he gets a double play ball against Ender Inciarte, who, by the way, I can't stand, and neither can Joe, for personal reasons. Personal reasons being he's an Atlanta Brave who just crushes the Mets. And Ender hits a ball to Geo at third base. It's a double play. And Jordan is so good at getting ground balls. So he's about to kind of short-circuit this third inning right out of the gate. And I don't know what happened. Because DJ never got over to cover second. Glaber never got over to cover second. I think actually Glaber did eventually get over to cover second. And Urshela was confused as all hell. He had no idea what to do to where he looks at second base, pauses, waits, and then throws to DJ LeMahieu, who's seven feet off the back. And you can put a little bit of that on Geo, by the way. Once Geo sees nobody's at second base, just throw the ball to first base, getting out. It's not the end of the world. So there's two on and nobody out in the second inning of this game. And this is right after the third inning of this game. And this is right after the Yankees had taken a 3-0 lead as Luke Voigt hits that three-run homer. And he's off to a very good start, by the way. Five home runs out of the gate for Luke. And then he throws that wild pitch. And there's first and third nobody out. Jordan Montgomery's in trouble. And again, not all his doing. A defensive miscue on that infield. And I, again, I don't know what happened between DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. But Gio Urshela does kind of add to the trouble by just not throwing a first base. And I thought what he did getting out of that third inning against Dansby Swanson, who's had a good year, against Travis Darno, who the Yankees handled last night, thank you, and even against Freddie Freeman, Jordan was able to fight through that third inning. He made one mistake in the sixth inning. He gave up a bomb to Marcelo Zuna. And that was it. Outside of that, Jordan Montgomery threw a hell of a game. I think you've got to be very encouraged on what you've seen from Jordan Montgomery now, a little over a year removed from Tommy John surgery. Maybe he wore down in the sixth inning, even though his pitch count wasn't that high. But I thought he showed great composure because that miscue in the third inning could have led to a lot of trouble. 
It didn't. And the Yankee bats had a good night. Aaron Judge had a home run that was just ridiculous. I mean, I, look, Aaron Judge, when you watch him every day, and I think most people listening do, when you watch this guy every day, I know this is crazy to say, he's kind of underrated. I know, I know that sounds nuts because Aaron Judge is a, you know, this huge star, gets a ton of attention. But what I mean by that is I think he does a lot of things that just aren't even noticed. I mean, he's got a cannon in right field, which he showed off last night. He gets to plays in right field that most right fielders don't get to. And so far this year, he's been healthy. He actually drew a walk, which he's been down on this year. We've seen less walks from Aaron Judge. I think he only had two coming into the game last night, but drew that walk in the third inning. And then obviously hits this just line drive rip of a home run to right center field. And when he came out of the game, here's what was weird about when he came out of the game. Yeah, your first reaction is, oh my God, what's wrong with Aaron Judge? The reason why I didn't think it was anything serious or even an injury is he's sitting there in the dugout. So when they flash him on the screen and Aaron's sitting there and he's got a little smile on his face, it didn't look like anything was wrong with him. Now, it is odd, and we'll ask Boone about this when he's on. It is odd to choose the seventh inning of a game, or the sixth inning, I should say, of a game. It was the sixth inning when he took him out. It's odd to choose the sixth inning of a baseball game, even when you're up 8-3, to three, or 8 nothing, I think, at the time when he took him out. It's odd to pick a time that early. Around off days, by the way, they were off yesterday or off two days ago. They're off Thursday. The game is not over yet. You're facing a really good team. I mean, you're not up 8 nothing, 8-3 against some lousy team. These are the Braves. This is a big-time offense. This is a big-time team. They're probably going to win this division again. So the timing of it was very, very odd to just take them out of the game. And after the game, Aaron said, look, I'm getting them a rest. And Look, nobody can complain about that. We know it's a weird year. It's a short year. We know about Aaron Judge's injury history. So it's not that it's wrong to take him out of the game. It's not that it's a bad decision to take him out of the game. It's just a weird decision. It was weird. There's nothing wrong with taking a guy out of the game when you have a big lead. I just thought where it was in the game and who they were playing in the game, it it wasn't 14-1. to You know what I'm saying? But the good news is, if you were concerned last night, Aaron Boone gave you a nice little back massage and said, don't worry, everything's fine with Aaron Judge. Because really, that's the only worry you have about Aaron Judge. That's it. The pressure ain't getting to him. The guy is a hell of a hitter. The guy's tremendous defensively. He's in a way Mr. Everything. The only worry you ever have about Aaron Judge is staying on the field. The bullpen last night wasn't great. You know, they had to use Chad Green, they had to use Adam Adovino, and they had to use Zach Britton. But they got the job done, they got a victory against a good team in the Atlanta Braves, and they continue this streak at home, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. I, mean, I, know, I know the Yankees are good, so a long streak of being good shouldn't sh- stun you by, by any stretch. But the fact that they have now gone 26 consecutive home series without losing a series It's kind of incredible. And I went on Baseball Reference this morning, and I was thinking, well, when the heck did they lose a home series? I mean, they've split a few two-game series. So they've had ties. They've split four-game series. But when's the last time the Yankees actually lost the series at home? you got to go back to April 12th through the 14th last year against the Chicago White Sox. So you got to go back to the very, very beginning of the 2019 season. So even without fans in the stands, 
the Yankees continue to do a really good job of taking care of business at home. But the struggles of Gary Sanchez, the struggles of Glaber Torres, they continue. I said this yesterday to Joe, and I hope I'm wrong because I like Clint Frazier. I'm not sure he's going to get this incredible opportunity to get a lot of playing time right now. Because when you look at the depth guys who would benefit from Giancarlo being out of the lineup, one of the obvious ones is Mike Tockman, who Boone has done a great job of getting in most games anyway. We saw him last night replacing Judge, but he's gotten him in the lineup a lot over the last week and a half, and he should. Mike Tockman does a lot of good things on the baseball field. He can steal a base. He can play good defense. He can play all three outfield positions. He's a good ball player. I'd want him on the field every single day, and I said that a week ago. So it makes it easier for Aaron Boone to get him in the lineup. But the other thing is, and this guy seems to be forgotten about, and you can't forget about him, is Mike Ford. Left-handed bat, which they don't have a lot of. He's got a lot of pop. He sticks him in the lineup yesterday against the righty and Tukey Tucson. Hits that two-run double in the third inning. Has another double in the seventh inning. So they've got, and this is a part of why the Yankees are so dangerous, they're so deep that even without Giancarlo Stanton for however long it is, and I can't even sit here and speculate. And I know the, the news was good yesterday that the injury isn't that serious. I mean, right now, who knows when Giancarlo's going to come back. It's got to be one of those things as a Yankee fan, and I'm certainly used to this, We almost just have to forget about him. You just have to forget about him. And then when he comes back, right. But Mike Ford is going to get playing time, especially against righties. Mike Tockman's got to be out there. Brett Gardner, look, here's the thing about Brett Gardner. And this is the way Boone feels because he said it. Even when Brett Gardner isn't hitting, and he hasn't had a great offensive season, he's hit three home runs, that's not a great offensive season. The thing about Brett Gardner that, and why Boone is going to put him out there a lot, even if he isn't hitting, even with these other options, I'm pointing to my hand. It's his glove. He is still a very, even at his age, he is still a very good defensive left fielder. And that's the problem. As much as I want to see Clint get a shot, that's the problem. He's not a great glove. So what makes the most sense for him is DH. And right now, Mike Ford and Luke Voigt, both of those guys. Because look at what Mike Ford did yesterday. And look at what Luke Voigt has done this season. Five home runs, 11 RBIs. Both of those guys are going to make a bid to play. But this is a good problem to have if you're Aaron Boone and the Yankees. What's not good is the Mets. We'll rip them coming up next. Luis Rojas will join us at 3 Joe will be back on real soon. We'll talk to Pete Thamel, some college football with him. And, of course, plenty of time to chat with you at 877-337-6666. Now through Sunday, get to Kohl's and save big. Shop hundreds of epic deals. No coupons needed. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Gear up for fall with new athletic shoes for the family. $49.99 and under. Active tees and shorts for the family are just $9.99 and under. And save on kitchen must-haves like Instant Pot and Nutribullet. Now, $59.99 and under. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Find a little more this fall. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. And September 13th, some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.